listening to Bearcat Rewind with Matt Tritton and John Coffey. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Bearcat Rewind. I'm Matt Tritton. John Coffey will join me in just a little bit. Today's guests, we have Joe and Kelly Quinlan. Joe is the head strength and conditioning coach at Northwest Missouri State, and Kelly is the head athletic trainer. And uh, it's kind of fun having them in because obviously they've uh, been through at Northwest Missouri State and been in Maryville for such a long time, and Kelly's been in, in Maryville uh, throughout her life. But those two have had a hand in every Northwest Missouri State National Championship we've seen from the 98-99 football teams, uh, the 2009 football team, um, 2013, 15, and 16 in football than the recent basketball ones we've had. Um, across the board, the Quinlans have worked with those teams in one capacity or another, whether it's uh, Joe playing and then becoming the strength and conditioning coach at Northwest or Kelly as a trainer actually on the sideline um, back during those initial national championships as well. So kind of fun to see how they've uh, really reached out and uh, and have touched Northwest Missouri State student-athletes over the years. So had a lot of fun talking with them, not only what their duties are, but what they remember from those early championships and even through the 09 and, and some of their favorite athletes that they've dealt with over the years. So uh, a very fun interview. We hope you enjoy it. And we want to remind you that uh, Bearcat Rewind is sponsored by the Northwest Missouri State Alumni Association and the Northwest Foundation. And you're invited to celebrate the kickoff of the Forever Green Campaign for Northwest on October 24th at 3.30 out the Bell Tower here on campus. The Forever Green campaign is part of an effort to pave new pathways for students to excel. So be a champion for Northwest and leave your legacy here. Help make the vision of the Forever Green campaign a reality for students who will come to know what so many others have learned that nothing compares to being Forever Green. So once again, come out to celebrate the campaign kickoff October 24th at the Bell Tower. We appreciate you listening here to Bearcat Rewind. Subscribe rate us, review it, share it with all your friends. Once again, we're on Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher, or you can just Google Bearcat Rewind. Um, it's everywhere out there. Tell your friends. Hope you enjoy it. If you missed last week, we had uh, former Northwest Missouri State quarterback Travis Miles from that 1999 team. Um, prior to that, Adam Doral, then the opening episode as well, Mel Churchman, Jim Soboto. So if you haven't caught them, if this is your first one, go back and listen to those. Um, we've had a lot of fun with them. They've uh, really been enjoyable. So this one will not disappoint either. Joe and Kelly Quinlan, our guests today, for Bearcat Rewind. And welcome to the studio now. We have Joe Quinlan and Kelly Quinlan joining us. Guys, we appreciate you coming in. Joe, the Northwest Missouri State University head strength and conditioning coach, and Kelly Quinlan, the head athletic trainer. We appreciate you guys coming in. And, uh, of course, we're recording this just as school is actually getting ready to start here at Northwest Missouri State. And um, you guys have kind of turned yourselves into Bearcat lifers. But just as we're, we're diving in here, um, your thoughts on getting back in Northwest Missouri State, another new year here. Um, on campus and what this is kind of like, all these new beginnings with student-athletes, but also the students back on campus, too. You know, uh, first off, thanks for having us. We're really excited about being yeah. here to talk to you guys. Um, we do we do love the Bearcats. We love Bearcat athletics, and we pretty much live and breathe it. You, you think sometimes you have a job where you go home and don't have to talk about work, and that's just not our life. We talk about work all the time. So, <laughs> um, But as far as Bearcat athletics getting started, um, I mean, I feel like it really hasn't stopped this summer. There's been so much hype and so much going on. Like, we've had a lot more athletes um, around this summer with soccer and volleyball and basketballs. We've had a lot of athletes around this summer, so we've stayed pretty busy. Um, but it definitely is picking up around the campus, and uh, we're, we're in mode of getting physicals done and getting everybody ready to go and making sure everybody's um, healthy and, and feeling good. So... Yeah, and this is actually my, I don't know, my second summer. We, once football camp starts and soccer and volleyball start up, 
Uh, my staff actually has about a week and a half where it's finally slow because we've been going at it since mid-May, uh, kind of getting kids through workouts. So I'm excited. It's always fun um, learning names and kind of getting kids to buy into what we've had going over the last you know, 12 years for me. Kelly's been here 15 now, 16, so yeah. 16. Yeah. You know, when you, you talk about uh, the summer, a lot of time you you hear people ask the coaches, well, what are you going to do this summer? You don't have anything going on, but for you, you two, uh, summer's probably one of your busy years but with uh, all the athletes that stay on campus uh, and all the sports uh, mm-hmm. during the summertime to try to get geared up, and that's a very important time for these athletes. Yeah, and it's been great, and that's why uh, recruiting-wise, I think now our coaches – not that they make it mandatory, but they say if you want to get better and continue to grow and um, challenge yourself and help our team grow. Um, I mean, I think most of our, you know, 99% of our football team, we had a couple kids that were gone for internships and then all other sports, at least hands-on, not maybe every single month, but they were here at least for a partial summer um, training with their teammates, and that just helps a a bunch with – the locker room too just a lot of those kids trusting each other knowing that they're working hard so and even for like long-term rehabs a lot of people want to go home for the summer but they they're like man we can see the athletic training staff every single day we can work in the weight room still too you know and do that and so we tend to have a lot of those long-term rehabs stick around versus go home in the summer so we stay pretty busy well we have the opportunity a lot too to talk to to all the different coaches around and and, and their programs and, and what's going on um when you look at you two especially your fingerprints are kind of all over the athletic department and all these different programs. So when you see, you know, football and men's basketball sustain success, but then you see volleyball and soccer coming up and, and women's basketball building that way too and, and track and field and all these different programs, what's the point of pride like on your side of you're not the head coach and assistant coach, but everything that you guys do has a major effect on all these student athletes as well? Yeah, I think it's huge. And that's why I, um, I think Kelly and I have done a you know great job of trying to have our graduate assistants and our assistant coaches take a lot of ownership in the teams. And I mean, I'm only working with four or five teams where I program for, but each of my graduate assistants has their own teams. Um, and it's awesome to see them work with the coaches and then interact with me uh, to help develop them as a young professional. Um, so it, it really helps because then we help out each other when we're in the weight room and stuff, but it, it's nice to develop them you know, because, you know, a lot of these sports that are kind of up and coming here, um, I say like track and soccer, I, I didn't even really train much last year. Um, my GAs did that, and it's more just bouncing ideas off each other and talking through programming and how we want it to go and how they meet with coaches. Um, and I think that's been – that's more beneficial at times. Um, the winning on the field obviously is – very special. I always kind of get teared up when you talk about future success. Even those kids that leave the program, um, they come back or send letters here and there where it's kind of makes it uh, very meaningful because even if you're not winning championships, you see those kids grow so much from their freshman to their senior years. Um, I don't know. I don't want to get yeah. too sappy. No, that, <laughs> um, he's the sappy one of the two of us. So everybody knows that. Oh, no. But that is, that's probably the greatest thing about what we do is we get to know them on such a personal level. Not that the coaches don't know them in that level, but they tend to just be more vulnerable with us and be open to talking about us, um, to us with, 
you know, about things going on in their life. And so we get to know their stories. And, you know, back in the day when I just started, I was probably a lot more stern and a lot more like didn't, you know, allow certain things. But now that, you know, I guess the older I've gotten and the more I've seen, I, I try to be a little more patient with them and try to just um, get to know their them and their stories a little bit more. But, but yeah, I mean, like Joe said, our staffs are, I mean, we're so blessed to have who we have on staff and they just do such a great job. And, you know, the great thing is you talk about family and a team and I mean, there's teams, you know, the athletic teams, but we each have our team, you know, and our team, we work together and we help each other out. And um, there's always going to be situations that are difficult and, you know, stressful. And so just giving each other, you know, that, that assistance and that guidance is really important. And so I feel like, I mean, as a head athletic trainer, I'm facilitating a lot, just helping kind of facilitate, you know, appointments and, and set things up and, and just kind of guide, like Joe said, just kind of help as, as guidance in a lot of ways too. So I think when you talk about uh, your staff in particular, that's kind of a tradition that goes back uh, mm-hmm. several years, uh, even maybe back to Sandy Miller and then, of course, uh, D.C., Dave Colt. Uh, it seems like there's been a lot of good mentors in this program that uh, really, and you guys are really keeping that same tradition alive here. Yeah, I mean, I I can't tell you, like with Bud Ty, Sandy Miller, D.C., Colt, the, that triple effect. And D.C. was here for 27 years, and he was my mentor and meant so much to me and um, and helped raise me in so many ways as well. So, um, but they, you know, the guidance that they still give, you know, they're still there checking in on us and, and, you know, seeing how we're doing. We try to keep a really close knit, um, you know, communication with our alumni through, you know, newsletters and emails and things like that. I think that's really important to keep those relationships going. So um, we just honestly try to maintain what DC, you know, did for years um, in, in, in our facility. So um, yeah, we're pretty blessed. Yeah, for me, it's crazy. John Gustafson was my strength coach when I was here in 96 to 2000, and then um, he was swallowed up by a guy named Rich Wright. I don't know if anybody <laughs> But so knowing those guys, even being back in town, um, even though I wasn't part of the program, um, when we came back from West Virginia, uh, Rich allowed me to come in and kind of be around the team and work out and do stuff. So um, it's really nice having him in the head position now because – he knows what it's like down there, and it's a challenge at times to get that um, balance between classes and sports and still get your weights in. So uh, that's been a nice little thing for us. But the same thing for us, we try to keep in contact with a lot of our former GAs and the network of that. Those it, It's growing and growing. It's kind of neat to see how those people all grow and continue mm-hmm. to kick people out that are great um, for the profession. So, Well, it's it's kind of fun to see. And Kelly, you mentioned the relationships with the, the student-athletes and how it can be a little bit different than with the coaches. And, and it does feel like any time you hear the name Quinlan thrown around the athletic department, it is always 100% out of love. Like all those student-athletes love you guys. And for as much as it is focused on the physical of making sure that they're healthy enough to get out there and they're in the right shape to be able to go out and perform, how much does a mental side play in? a little bit more maybe now 2019 than it might have 20 years ago yeah um that's a it's a lot (laughs) i think it's huge i mean we i mean you know 20 years since i played um it it is just a different animal now and um the the way even sports are set up and this is one thing i'll kind of put it out is there's so many club teams where a lot of kids pay pay and they play where when you come in and you're not playing a lot, it's challenging because kids have done that so long. But um, it just, it's also, it takes a lot of people to hit, you know, yeah. personally. They take it very personal. Um, but it's a challenging situation. We, you know, Kelly and I deal with it when we kind of have to go the routes that we need to to make sure they get um, where they need to be to be healthy. Um, but some of those, it is one thing Kelly said earlier is, you know, they'll come to us and talk to us a lot more. Um, and it's nice, uh, but it's also, it's, it's, 
it carries a burden for us too at, at times where you're, you're trying to help these kids out and get into the right position and play. Um, but the other thing is they, they know we don't dictate their playing time. So I think that's one of the things that they feel comfortable talking to us. But you might, I well, and I, I mean, you know, I don't know. I felt like when I was in college, um, you know, the whole mentality of bigger, faster, stronger, we got it, you know, we're going to be tough, 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 tough. And it's not just physically tough now, right? You got to be mentally tough. And so, and then the pressures of all the expectations of all the student athletes are so much more now, I think, than they were then. Granted, we don't have two a days up on the hill anymore, but, but I mean, I'm just saying like the, the, um, you know, the time commitment and, and the expectations I think are, are higher. Um, but I also do think that, um, that the student athletes really just need to know that people care about them is really what it comes down to. And so, um, and you know, if you love on them and you're there for them, um, I think that, you know, they'll do anything for you. So I think that that comes, comes with it. And I think that, you know, our coaches do a great job of that. I think that's why so many teams are successful. Um, but I think that Joe and I kind of have a really unique, um, scenario in that we're with them every single day the coaches are very limited into when, how much time they get to spend with them you know certain hours a certain amount of hours summertime they don't get that one-on-one -on -one time at all with them I mean other than in an office to talk to them where we see them every single day um you know we're there an hour before practice an hour after as far as for athletic training I know Joe's spending you know other hours of the day with them and so because they see us so often, I think that they just get that comfort, you know, with us. Um, and so, and, and I think that that's just, you know, the job that you take on and, and part of it. And so you got to own it and you got to um, do the best that you can with it. So, Well, Joe and Kelly Quinlan here with us on Bearcat Rewind. And we're kind of joking before we went on, but as we look at the national championships at Northwest Missouri State, and especially we're talking football here today, but the, the Quinlan fingerprints are all over those national championships. Do you guys see a, a trend there of, Maybe you shouldn't have left after 1999. Find, find a job at the university. Yeah, 98, 99. The same as all these last four. Is I wasn't on the field very much at those <laughs> ones either. But um, no, it, it, but I think it's the tradition that kind of, uh, and you see it in all of our staffs for the most part. You know, like football and basketball, especially former players come in and are the head coaches now or former GA as the head coaches, and then I mean, for the most part, all of our football coaches are former players. So. Um, I always think about, for us, uh, it's not truly about uh, the winning. It's kind of just kind of keeping that tradition of how we, we go about things, how we do it day to day. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things with, that I've tried to instill with our athletes is, you know, you don't take that tradition for granted. Um, and sometimes you let, you know, you let it loose for a little bit where you're lax on some things and then something we might lose a game or two and you're like man I'm not as stern as I was we need to kind of clean this stuff up but um I don't think it's directly affected the Quinlan name <laughs> 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 uh, but as far as what we're trying to do to say what coach Churchman coach Boswick and Tatum Sabota kind of taught me as a young man walking on in 96 to where I am today I try to still instill that stuff into our players coming through right now. So, Joe, you, you talk about the, being a part of the program from the very early stages coming in mm -hmm. in 96. That, that, at that point, you're, I think everyone was able to see a little bit of the, the, what was going to be ahead just from uh, 94 and seeing the progression mm -hmm. in 95. Uh, what uh, were some of the things that attracted you to this Bearcat program? They wanted me to walk on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, my brother was actually in school down here, and I came um, – and it is very strange. I, I did a walk-on tryout, and Rich Wright actually took me through my tryout. Um, and Coach T uh, Churchman walked through during my tryout, and um, I had some D3 offers and talked to some coaches up in Iowa. Um, 
but you know I could feel it they just they're very positive at the time and you know um, meeting the guys that I met when I was down here a lot of the guys seemed very positive too so um, that was probably the biggest thing but I mean it truly I, w I just wanted to probably be more with my brother and kind of hang out and be I'm from central Iowa so it's a couple hours away and if it didn't work out I could go back and do something else I don't know so but well you look back too and it, it obviously works out you come away with a couple national championships yeah. as a player there and uh and uh, a long-standing career as well as a family which worked out we'll talk about that later of course <laughs> but uh you go back to 1999 and you're coming off a 15-0 and season and things get going in that one you're losing what week two to UNO uh that was tough. We talked before we went on too. There was quite a bit of adversity that season as well. Like, mm -hmm. can you just talk about the rigors of that 1999 football season. What do you remember from it? Early on, um, I mean, I traveled. I played all special teams in '98, so that was kind of my first year traveling as a sophomore. So it was a junior year. I, th I say we were very, very cocky, almost not too cocky, but just a little bit. Thought a lot oh, of ourselves because <laughs> yeah. we played Arkansas Tech here and beat them up pretty good, and they ended up being a playoff team that year, I believe. Um, but we went into UNO with big heads, and oh my goodness. I, I still, I told Kelly the other night when we were talking about it, I got ran over by that quarterback for a 20-yard touchdown, and just, it humbled me pretty quick. <laughs> the The lights went out, I still remember that, and it's just one of those, like, what are we doing? You know, it just was not, we, we got beat down quick. And it's just, coming off that first championship, not to say summer and the lifting wasn't as focused, but you just, you know, we'd done it. We, you know, we have a little chip, you know, on our shoulder that maybe we lost a little bit. So after that game, I'll tell you what, we went to Pitt State that next week and we're um, getting beat at halftime. And I still remember Brian Williams kind of getting after us in the locker room as underneath the stands and that was the changing point for the state, the first part of the season, at least for us, where it was just, you know, what are we doing? We get, we were better than this. We got this. And, um, it was just interesting. It's kind of like a film, like one of those movies where everybody's like, yeah, it will be fine. And we went out there and it was a very tough second half, but we ended up pulling it away at pit. And it was like, wow, like it was a challenge. Um, but I mean, I can continue on doing anything, but the, the things are, I mean, no, we well, I was going to say at the beginning of the year, even what first, second day of football team yeah, camp, I remember, um, Aaron Becker hurting his knee and being out for the season. Like that was huge yeah. for, for me, for our staff. We were like, Oh no, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this could be bad. You know what I mean? So that was the first challenge I remember, <laughs> but of course it's an injury, but <laughs> yeah. And the, those are those things. And then, um, Midway through, we had a tough game against Mo West. I remember pretty, pretty challenging game. Um, but it I don't know. It never really felt like we were stressed. It's like we always had a confidence about us the rest of the year. Um, there, late in the season, I, uh, Phil Vogi um, was in a car accident and ended up passing away uh, right before the Central game for the last game of the regular season. And I still remember the biggest thing for that game was. Um, they painted his number 57 on the middle of the paw in the middle of the field and central came out and, uh, I don't, they didn't know what they were doing, but they jumped on the middle of the paw and were kind of celebrating. And it was like, we couldn't kick the ball off fast enough. It was a bloodbath. We, it was a 41 to 14. I think we got after him pretty well. Um, but then every game in the playoffs, we were down at 
some point late in the game. So uh, the North Dakota State, was it North Dakota State game? It was challenging. They're a big physical team, and um, I mean, let's see, Northern Colorado is the next game. And then for me, the one I remember the most is IUP. Wes Simmons got injured was unable to play and I actually started that was my first career start was IUP in the semifinals <laughs> no pressure there no nope. and they had a all-american uh, tight end um very good athlete um but just one of those that I don't know Boswick had a great way of kind of making me feel important so he's like you had this and uh, he was it was a challenge but um we came back late in that game too and won it so championship itself Again, that's a whole nother question, but uh, it it was an amazing year. I mean, just a lot of those things fall in place where um, the guy, the team, it is just a great team. Um, like I said, I I was I knew my role. I was a special teams guy. I come off the bench late and kind of started doing some thirty front that year rather than a forty front. That was kind of the first time we started doing some thirty front things. Um, where. Back in that day, I mean, it was a different type of football where it was a little more fullback lead ISO type stuff where now it's a lot more spread. Um, but we started, even in that Carson Newman name, game, we did some 30 front, which um, was a little, for that time was a little different. So, um, I don't know. You ask me more questions, I'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think so many people think of the, the championship game and remember that with, the, again, the four overtimes. But as you talked about, just so much that this team had to overcome the entire season that perhaps maybe they just don't remember until looking back like on this program here. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about, like, yeah, those challenges because he talked about so many that they had throughout the year. And so, like, what does that do and how does that make you grow? And how does your life, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to have challenges all the time, right, in life. And so it's like just by dealing with that one year, they say athletics really helps, you know, grow a person. Yeah, it does. You know what I mean? And scenarios even like that. So um, anyway, I think it's pretty pretty awesome. Talk about a character-building year. I mean, that would right. that was definitely it. And So you go through that championship game, and things are obviously going Carson Newman's way for 75%, 80%, you know, of regulation at least. Mm-hmm. Um but just drilling right down to it, I mean, late in that football game, you're down by eight with like a minute or so left, and the guy goes out of bounds. It's crazy. Just going through your mind at that. I mean, what? That's why what's I, he I, thinking? The other night, I showed my son that, like, if he would have stayed in bounds, we'd have had 15 seconds instead of 54 seconds or whatever. So, um, it's just interesting to see how it all works out. And the announcer at the time said it too, you know. Um, but if you watch that game from beginning to end which we did <laughs> uh, with my son I was just trying to show him uh, he knows some of the former players kids now um, he met through church camp which was kind of cool um, so he knew uh, so he kind of pointing out but I mean my wife I mean Kelly's on there the my um, Landy my sister-in-law. Bro- my sister-in-law is on the sideline and uh, Kelly's stepsisters on the sideline but I mean all these people they know from weekends where they come to games on there so you're kind of pointing them out too i didn't just watch the whole game for the entirety we fast forward between <laughs> anyway um but just how many people especially made plays that game it is unbelievable um and you can look at the receiving core i mean ryan george had the catch but i mean jr hill had a huge game tony miles had a huge game seneca holmes had an amazing touchdown that kind of started all back up for us it it's not steve comer had a huge game but i mean everybody did their part and that type of offense if you watch the defensive snaps man it is a grind because they do just 
beat you down and wide splits. It's just kind of a crazy type of offense. And uh, it, it was just amazing to see how focused we could stay. And I, I credit our coaching staff, no doubt, um, for the prep. But, man, it just seemed like truly we were kind of like robots. They kind of had us to where we're, this is what we're doing. And, you know, same as early in the season, we've been down the whole playoffs. And it's just like, it'll be all right. Keep doing your thing. That type of offense by the third, fourth quarter should beat you down, and we actually started playing better late. So, um, Coach T was just always so calm, mm -hmm. you know, like he never lost his control of anything. And so that, I mean, again, leadership, right? It it goes from leadership, you know, how how things are gonna be above you is how you're gonna you know follow. So anyway, well, cool. and I know you guys have been on the sideline a lot, and John, you've been you know calling the game since. You know, Coach Church was started up. I wasn't going to go back as far as you've been But since he's, you've all, Coach Church was entire, uh, his entirety coaching here at Northwest Missouri State, I don't think I ever saw him lose it once at any point. I don't know if you guys had either, but, I mean, you're right. He was the, I, I mean, I have seen calm. Once. I've seen it only. Maybe in the locker only, room. Only no. on Boston. <laughs> no, the one that, yeah. Here's the I'm, video clip if you find it. He was mic'd up for one of those games where it was the reverse shovel pass, if you remember that, and he was yelling at the officials. But he was yelling like, "You're like, I can't, I can't, re I can't remember exactly." <laughs> but he said, "You know, you're this is for the kids. You can't do it. You'll mess it up for the kids." And he was went off. But no, he's the most polite yelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yes. But it was one of those where he was right. It was a forward pass. It was one of those shovel passes, which we we'd done since then all the time. But uh, at that time, it was kind of a new concept. Um, so, but yeah, he. That's why I think the coaching staff, even at Boswick, like. I mean, I was a defensive player, so Scott Boswick would get – he'd get on you, but then the next – like he'd kind of say, what are we doing? And then he'd snack about it and just say, this yep. is what we got to do and just kind of pull it all together. And as players, you knew it was coming, so you kind of – but you know when you mess up too. <laughs> so that's why the next day in film you're kind of like, oh, man, this is – that third quarter, second play of that quarter, I'm going to get yelled at. But you, then it's the same thing. I mean, compassion and love kind of – he – he knew how to get after you, but he knew that, you know, you got to teach him too. So it wasn't just a yelling to yell. He, you know, everybody get, talks about Boswick being heated, but, you know, Coach T was the same way. He'd get after you a little bit, but, you know, then they teach you up how to do it correctly. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the things when you think about Boswick in particular too is just you know, they, people see the fiery side of him on the sidelines, but the other side of it is I don't know if there's any coach that cares more about the players oh, that yeah. he brought in than Scott did. Oh, yeah. Scott and was those amazing. kids loved him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They would fight with him, but they loved him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, and he admit, like yeah, he'd admit when he's wrong too. It might take a day or two, but <laughs> <laughs> it was good. And it was, you know, but all those coaches, it was amazing just even through our GAs too. I thought, I thought you know, they did a great job with the character of uh, coaches they brought in too. So, Well, Kelly standing on the sideline for that game. I mean, at any point you're like, all right, we got to be ready because these guys are going to be hot because we just lost this championship game. Or, I mean, you're not a player, so you can you can get away with that a little more, right, of the mentality? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. From my standpoint, I stay pretty focused on the sideline. Like, I'm looking for injuries, so I'm watching how – I don't really even watch the play. I got laid out one time at Central. Like, <laughs> swear, I was concussed hands down. But that only happened because the play was <laughs> where we are. I tried to stay behind the offensive line. But, my, I mean, but as an athletic trainer, like, I really just tried to stay focused. I mean, I was a student then, so I was still learning, you know, the ropes and all that stuff in 99 um, and really just tried to enjoy every minute um, that I got to experience. 
means. But, um, but yeah, I mean, as a medical staff, you kind of watch the game totally different than other people do. Um, and so I'm not really necessarily watching the play. I'm watching the, you know, the knees on the O-line, and I'm watching, you know, things like that. So try to kind of stay as focused as I can. So. Well, and even through that and through the, the two seasons, or well, I guess you were here through 2000 when Joe yeah, right, played yeah. through 2000. So yeah. mm-hmm. you got to see most of his career from there on the sideline. Yeah. You still decided to marry him. <laughs> yeah. We need to talk about that decision a little bit. <laughs> we didn't date till we were seniors. <laughs> we were just friends in college until then. Uh, no, yeah. Um, He's he's a good guy. Uh, <laughs> he didn't give up on me. How's that sound? There weren't any points really. He didn't get he didn't no, give up I'm on me. I'm dating this guy. Like, <laughs> no, yeah. no. no, that's I like I'll keep him. asked her out early on in college, like sophomore year, and she said no. So then she said she didn't date athletes. So anyway, <laughs> I had to chase after him once I decided I liked no. him a little bit. No. <laughs> but at least we knew each other, you know, by that time. I, I mean, we truly knew each other from my brother and. Um, his wife. Yeah, his wife. She was an athletic trainer, so we'd hung out. We hang out all the time, so we'd had classes together and things. So <laughs> I think I just finally wore it down after a while, so it worked out. <laughs> That's the best way to go. That's right. <laughs> so, well, yeah. uh, as we uh, kind of wrap things up, we appreciate you guys coming in and chatting with us a little bit uh, here today. Um, before we let you go, I'm kind of curious, though, too, because you mentioned you, know, you get to watch players essentially from when they walk in, 17, 18-year-olds, all the way through their, their whole careers and everything. What's the biggest turnaround? You see a guy come in that's you know 95 pounds that walks out that's you know ready to play linebacker in the MIAA? Yeah. I, I, um, I think Cass Weidel was one that was kind of one of our bigger – not that he was unathletic coming in, but you know he put, he put on weight really well Kevin Arnold some of those guys that were kind of undersized um that came around and made an impact they're not always huge names because we I mean our I say a lot of our stars came in already that way but that's one thing we try to do is at least try to build some of these kids uh coming off injuries we, I mean yeah you talk about Josh Lamerson you talk yeah. about you know a Jamie team and like people who really I mean went through a lot to play and they fought through and they worked hard and I I, I think honestly we people you know you mentioned the Quinlans well I feel like we grow way more from them than they do mm-hmm. for us. You know what I mean? I mean, I know they're just young adults or whatever, but some of them come in so wise. Some of them come in, you know, with a lot of experience that, like, we haven't even been through half the stuff they've been through, you know? And so, like, I would say they do more for us than we do for them. And even just watching them fight through injuries and, you know, prevail and get back on that, you know, that field, you know, after injury and stuff like that, that's that's a big deal. That takes a lot of commitment. Um, and that's pretty awesome to watch too. Yeah, we see it from different lenses. I mean, I see it from their size are getting bigger, and she sees it from coming off injuries, and then just that confidence. It's it's a pretty real thing when you see a kid actually realize how strong or how you know durable their body can be after they come off an injury or just what they're blessed with. So, um, and the other thing is they realize what they're what they have to do for the team. Not everybody has to go out and score. 30 touchdowns a game so um that's like a jake soy i mean he's in the hall of fame this year i mean he came off some tougher injuries early in his career that you know and he was a tough tough player he played through a lot too can't really talk about i always tease him because he has so many (laughs) sisters i was like man you got a lot of sisters (laughs) you know i would always tease him about not being tough but just giving him a hard time so anyway but he he was really tough he did he did amazing things so Uh, you guys do great work and the one that comes to my mind is uh Ike Aramiki, and I don't know how he started out, any injuries, anything like that. But I remember when Coach Bostwick, when he was here as a defensive coordinator, saying one time that uh, Ike could be a model when he got done because he looked good. 
Just it still doesn't look bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't mean that as a weird thing, but it, it's true. It's what his career is. Every time he comes comes back, he like picks me up and throws me over his head, and I'm like, "Whoa, buddy, you need to settle down." So he he always makes me laugh. So. <laughs> well, guys, we appreciate you stopping by and, and all the work you guys do for Northwest Missouri State, and, and looking you. forward to a fun year. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, huge thanks to Joe and Kelly Quinlan for coming in studio and chatting with uh, John Coffey and myself. We talked so much about Bearcat family and what that means here on this campus at Northwest Missouri State University, and you see it right there with Joe and Kelly. So we appreciate them coming in, chatting with us, and everything they've done for Northwest Missouri State University uh, over the years. Um, once again, Bearcat Rewind, sponsored by the Northwest Missouri State Alumni Association and the Foundation. Uh, the Forever Green Campaign kickoff coming up on October 24th at the Bell Tower on campus. Don't miss that. Big thanks to Alex Kurt for producing our intro and outro, as well as um, Austin Hall for engineering the podcast. For John Coffey, I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you next time.